Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. Today's guest is Jeff Tate, legendary vocalist. And uh, yeah, man, I'm not going to waste much time. Let's get right into this interview. This is all about Jeff Tate today. This is Wake Me Up by Operation Mind Crime off the new album, A New Reality, the third of the trilogy. And Jeff's going to tell us all about that. So just stay tuned, and we'll also talk about the album, Operation Mind Crime, in this, uh, in this interview. So here we go. This is Wake Me Up by Operation Mind Crime, featuring Jeff Tate. Shut up. Tell me my boy. 
Check one, two. Check one, two. Hey, it's Mark Striegel from Talking Metal and calling in on the line, Jeff Tate. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing good, Mark. How are you? I'm I'm doing great. And congratulations on the brand new record, the new reality, the new Operation Mind Crime record, the third of the trilogy. You've you've finally reached the end of this this epic trilogy, this journey that you've been on for the past. Uh, three years at this point. H- how does it feel to finally release the the final chapter of this trilogy? Is it a relief? Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, I, I didn't realize uh, what a relief it would be till the day I turned it in to the record label, and uh, I felt this huge weight <laughs> lift off my wow. shoulders because uh, you know it's 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 had this looming deadline, you know. And there's a lot of material here. There's a lot of work and a lot of uh, wonderful collaborations with people um, making up these three records. But uh, when I when I finally turned it in, I really breathed a sigh of relief. And, and I actually sat around for like a week afterwards not doing anything, <laughs> Good for you. which is really unlike me because I'm, I'm kind of a workaholic. You know, My wife actually came to me and said, are you okay? Because she wasn't used to seeing me lay around, <laughs> unless I was like ill or something, you know. Right, right. So uh, yeah, it feels good to be uh, finished with the project. Uh, I really enjoyed working on it, and um, I'm glad it's out and and, uh, and done now. Yeah, absolutely. And you will be going on the road to to sport it a little bit, right? Uh, yeah, I'll be touring. Uh, I see. I start touring. Um, January 11th in uh, Dublin, Ireland, and I'll be in Europe uh, till April, and then I start in uh, North America in the uh, fall, 2018. Now, uh, on the the two previous records, uh, Resurrection and The Key, you had lots of guest musicians and guest stars on those records. Can you talk about some of the musicians who are playing with you on The New Reality and any guest stars that you might have? Um, oh, well, we recorded the whole, um, the whole record all at once. Right. It, okay. uh, the three albums were all recorded uh, a couple of years ago, the basic tracks for them all. And um, so it's the same players, you know, on, on all three records. Although we have, um, uh, on the last record, we had uh, Ripper Owens and uh, uh, Blaze Bailey that were on one of the songs. And they're not on this new record, of course, but... Right. Uh, same basic musicians were on all three records. Awesome. And, you know, I wanted to ask you also about the band Operation Mind Crime. Now that the trilogy is done, I know you're going to do some some touring behind it, but is this the conclusion of, of the Operation Mind Crime band, or will it continue and possibly release other records down the road? Well, this project will come to an end. Um, this is the the last of uh, uh, the projects with this group, and uh, we're all off doing other things after this. Okay. So in the future, if you were going to do another record, I know this record just came out, so it's probably too soon to talk about that, but you would release it under 
possibly your name, like a Jeff Tate record, or 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 would it, so it wouldn't be released under the Operation Mind Crime record. No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be. You know, I honestly don't know what I'm going to do in the future. At this point, I'm I'm sort of enjoying being a free agent. (laughs) You know, kind of floating around doing different things. I've been doing some guest appearances on other people's records, and I've been uh, doing some uh, tour dates with other people. I played with Aventasia and um, Angra lately. And uh, that's been really great. I've been really enjoying that. And as far as recording with other people, you mentioned that you've been doing some some guest spots uh, in the studio with other bands. Yeah, I was on the the last uh, Aventasia album, Ghost Lights. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you know about that band? I I've, I do. I don't know a lot about them, but I I know the name. I've I've read read their name on on blogs and stuff. I need to get turned on to them more more than I am. Yeah, it's really cool stuff. Very, uh, very cool music. Cool. I'll definitely check it out. And you know, Operation Mind Crime is about to turn thirty years old. When you look back on what's become just this epic historic rock record, uh, what what memories? Do you have good memories of going in the studio to do that? Because I remember reading that at the time. The band was, there were a lot of things going on, a lot of drama with management and label and stuff like that. And a lot of that anger you hear on that record came out of some of the frustrations you you were having in your life at that time. Is is that accurate? And, and are there, what kind of memories do you have about recording that record? Was it a pleasant experience? Um, yeah, it was a really pleasant experience, actually. Um I wouldn't say that there was a lot of anger revolving around um, those things that you mentioned okay. so much at that time. We had we had kind of uh, gotten through our our growth period with our former management uh, previous to that with the Rage for Order album, and uh, we had just signed on to uh, a new management company, Q Prime, for the Operation Mindcrime album. And uh, it was a very inspiring time. I, I had written the, the story and the, uh, some of the music tracks for the, the record um, before I brought it to the band. And uh, the, the biggest problem at the time was convincing the band to go with this record idea that I had. Right. Uh, but, you know, after a little while of convincing them, uh, they, they jumped on the idea and, and we continued to make the record. And went to Canada to record it and uh, uh, went to Holland, Amsterdam to uh, work on it there and worked on it a bit in Philadelphia and in Seattle as well. It uh, really good memories, you know, going to wonderful studios. We worked in with some really creative people being involved. We worked again with Michael Kamen from the orchestral standpoint and James Barton from the recording and mixing standpoint and, and uh, Peter Collins from the production producing standpoint. Paul Northfield was in on the record who of course had worked a lot with Rush. And uh yeah, we had wonderful experiences uh making that record. We were skiing in uh in Quebec, uh nice. day skiing before the sessions and night skiing after the sessions. Right. It was uh, a good time. Nice. And did you have the sense that when you were in the studio and that record was coming together that, wow, this is really something special. This is really something really different and unique. Did you have that sense or wasn't it 
because I know that when the reviews came out and and the people, the public heard it, that was the sense that the reviewers got. That's the sense the fans got, like myself. But did you feel that that you were really onto something special when you were recording the record? Um, no more than any other record. Okay, I think as a as as a writer, you know, you feel you know you like what you do typically, or you wouldn't do it. And uh, I was really at the time very much into the record and um, excited about it. You know, and uh, and very happy with the way it turned out. Um, I, I remember I was very happy with the way the record sounded, and uh, we just finished the mix on it, and we turned it into the record label, and they hated it. Really? <laughs> oh God, wow. they hated it. It was a it was one of the first digital albums ever made, wow. and um, people weren't used to hearing digital music at that time. Which, by comparison, listening to analog music. Uh, analog was very warm and, um, you know, it didn't have a lot of high end and, uh, digital at that time was incredibly hard. I mean, it was just like nails. Right. right? And, uh, we had sort of embraced that in the studio and thought, well, this is the way, uh, you know, a hard rock metal album should sound, you know, it should sound hard and harsh and brash, you know, which it did. But, uh, you know, I just, it was too much for them. They made us go back and kind of tone it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's interesting. And will you be going on tour to celebrate the 30 year anniversary of that record? Are you going to do anything special to celebrate the, uh, the, yeah, I am actually, I'm my, yeah, my, my tour starts, uh, January 11th in Ireland and, um, I'm going to be playing, uh, the, uh, the album in its entirety for the first hour awesome. of my show. And then uh, kind of revisiting, uh, you know, past works. This this new album of mine is my 18th album. Can you believe it? Wow, that's great. 18 records. Nice. I know, it's crazy. I, I didn't realize I had so many records. Cool. And Chris DeGarmo obviously was a, an enormous part of, of the band back in those days. Do you, do you have contact with him anymore? Have you heard from him? I don't, no. I haven't spoken with him in, um, in many years. Oh, wow. Okay. wonder what he's up to. Anyways, um, I wanted to also mention, you know, the the band Iron Maiden, when they put out uh, the Seventh Sun record, there's this quote in this book that I have that it's written by Martin Popoff, and it's from a Bruce Dickinson interview. And he basically says that what you guys did with Mind Crime was what they were trying to do with the Seventh Son record. And he he in the in the interview he says he put his head in his hands and he was just like kind of uh blown away, and that's a quote, uh, by what you guys were able to do with it and also felt bad because he felt Iron Maiden could have done something as good if they would have pushed themselves a little bit harder. Um and you know, I was just wondering because there'd been some stuff in the press lately uh, Bruce Dickinson talking about this three tremors thing, like what, what your, what your relationship was with him through the years, because it seems like he really was a fan. And again, it's in the two minutes to midnight book by Martin Popoff. It's on page 112. If anyone wants to verify this with him, just raving about Queensryche. And so I just found it kind of odd that, that uh, he was, 
in recent a recent interview with Eddie Trunk seemed to be implying that this three tremors thing didn't happen because uh, he he was forced to work with you. Uh, any comments on that? Uh, well, I don't know what he said, so it's difficult for me to comment. <laughs> well, he says you guys uh, that that his manager was insisting that he work with with you and Rob Halford on a Three Tremors project, um, and that for whatever reason it, it didn't work out. But he he does say that a lot of the songs that he wrote for this Three Tremors project ended up on one of his solo records. And I was just wondering if if you did any actual work with him on this Three Tremors thing that never materialized. No, not, a, not at all, no. no. As far as I remember, it was with the three of us were all touring together at the time. Okay. Uh, Queensryche and Iron Maiden and uh, Rob Halford's solo project. And we were all at dinner one night and um, Rod Smallwood, the manager of, of Iron Maiden, stood up after, now this is, you know, many rounds of drinks by this time. We're right, sure. past dessert menu time, you know. He stands up and he goes, I think that we should have a band of, uh, of Bruce and, and Jeff and Rob, and we should call it the Three Tremors. What do you think? And this was based upon his previous conversation with the waiter yeah. who told him that the album that we were listening to on the stereo system at the Italian restaurant was the three tenors opera group. You know? right, right. <laughs> so I thought, I thought, and everyone around me thought that he was sort of making fun of the situation, you know? And, uh, anyway, in, in just good nature tour fashion, we all stood up and, you know, toasted the, the idea. And then we drank more, more rounds. Yeah. <laughs> and that's as far as it ever got, as far so, as I remember. Okay, so there was no songwriting or anything like that. It just was no, basically no, just nothing. talk and never ended up happening. Never ended up happening. But you know what's funny is I think every round of interviews I've done with every release since around that time has asked me that question about yeah. the, the project. It, when's it going to come out? Yeah. It wasn't It's never coming out because it was never never done it's like nothing ever happened you know yeah yeah <laughs> but it was flattering that that he uh was very much into the operation mind crime album at the time and i i remember um eddie jackson our bass player coming into some place we were i can't remember where we were at the time but he had a uh a, like a magazine in his hand and there was a picture of steve harris bass player for iron Maiden. he was and steve was wearing a Queensryche tour t-shirt oh wow and eddie was all eddie was all happy about that because he was a, a fan of steve harris's work so he was very happy about that yeah very cool very cool and did you guys tour you toured with maiden then back in those days at, at, at we did we, different we times, toured right? uh a couple couple times, couple uh, times. The first time was uh gosh um maybe 84 485 we played a series of shows with them in, in new york at radio city music hall that was the first time and the second time it was a u.s tour some uh, i can't remember exactly what parts of the country but a, a good section of the country where we got kicked out of a country club for drunken behavior one night <laughs> after golfing all day <laughs> wow. but uh, that's another story yeah 
Very interesting. Great stuff. Jeff, I really appreciate you um, dealing with with me tonight. We had some technical issues getting started here, so I appreciate your patience with that. And I want to encourage all the Talking Metal listeners to check out the new reality, the what sounds like the last album by Operation Mindcrime, of course, featuring Jeff Tate. And Jeff, we can't wait to uh, see you out on the road doing the Operation Mindcrime in its uh, in its entirety in 2018. Do you think you'll bring that through the States, that tour? Yeah. Um, in the fall of 2018, we'll be uh, beginning uh, North America at that time. Awesome. Can't wait for that. You have a great night. I will. You too, Mark. Thanks again for hooking up. Appreciate the interview, man. Needle Lies by Queensryche. Wow, so good. So epic. I feel like I always feel nervous when I talk to Jeff Tate. I, I don't know. I, don't, I just always clam up whenever I'm doing an interview with him. So there's a, another one for you right there where I clam up. So uh, yeah, man. You know what? Part of it was I was having technical issues. I, my Skype updated, and then I went to call him, and the recorder wasn't working. So that's also why the interview's on the short side. I had a 30 minutes with him, but spent the first 15 minutes scrambling trying to get my my call recorder working. 
So freaking Skype. Anyways, thanks for listening to that. And thanks for supporting me on Talking Metal. Make sure you use our Amazon links on TalkingMetal.com and TalkingRock.net. And support us on Patreon. Join me there, guys, with a monthly pledge. Also, PayPal donations. Uh, My PayPal is my email. It's StriegelMark, that's S-T-R-I-G-L-M-A-R-K, at uh, at gmail.com. I'd love to get a phone message from you guys. Leave me a phone message, okay? I'm going to play them real soon on the podcast. The number is 973-757-1917. All right, that does it for now. This is a little more Queensryche to take us out. Jet City Woman. All right, talk to you next time, guys. cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader